The Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 12, The Black Arrow. Chi-Chi joins the archery contest. Phoebe was stunned that her question about the painting of the burning village caused her mother such pain. She found herself wondering if her mother, or maybe her grandmother, had actually seen that fire. The whole family was relieved when Peter intervened to change the subject. Um, I know you're still wondering what we actually do out in the forest, so let me try to explain. Wendy and her ancestors, over thousands of years, have been saving seeds and developing their own varieties of vegetables, fruits, and herbs. They're getting ready to share their knowledge, joining a worldwide effort to change agriculture in many ways. As an experiment, we've started selling the produce at Sammy's, and we're helping Fred Peterson and Tom Winkle grow the new varieties. Soon this will all be public knowledge, but right now we're keeping it quiet. I'm not sure I get it. Does Morphe really care? He's got millions, maybe billions already. <laughs> uh, there are many reasons why Morphe cares. He's ambitious, greedy beyond belief. He wants to own as much of this town and the land around it as he can get his hands on. He owns a vast organization, and he wants to run it from Middletown. He's already moving in, and he has connections with the whole community that's here already. Half Moon is Morphe's hometown. He employs many of his friends from high school, and they all want to drive Sammy and Gilligan and a number of other people out of business. They want to put up a new office park and build mansions, condominiums, factory farms, and a hundred other things. However, small our efforts may seem, they know we've stopped them before, back when you were a child. The Protectors of the Wood owns the land that Morphe tried to buy long ago. And we're still bidding for any open farmland or forest land that comes on the market. Phoebe felt she could choke on all the questions she wanted to ask. But a voice in her mind kept saying, just listen, just listen. Her mother gave her another sharp look. It's a tense situation. They've got one of the Connolly brothers spying on us. We're afraid to travel into the forest and back except at night. We've invented ways to smuggle our produce into Sammy's coffee shop so that no one knows where it's coming from. Peter has a small garden here, 
and we pretend everything comes from the garden center. But Morphe's people suspect the existence of our gardens and homes in the forest and must never find them. He hates Wendy from the grudges deep in the past. He hates us for buying up the open land and leaving it as farms and forests. He hates the toy store on principle. So all these warnings are real. Be very careful of Hidden Valley. Never mention it or where we are unless you're talking to Chi-Chi or Allison. We've always known this conflict would heat up, but now it's moving much faster than we expected. We just want you to be aware of it. All we care about right now is that we love you. We think of you all the time and want to do anything we can to help you. I'm happy to be here, more than you know. There's no need for concern about me. I'm much more interested in staying in town than going into the forest. I'll be super careful and find a way to help. Phoebe, you're making me so happy. But I'll confess, I'm a little surprised. When were you ever so cooperative? Maybe I've learned my lesson. A lot of things haven't worked out how I hoped they would this past year. But in the back of her mind, Phoebe was sure that her most basic questions were still unanswered. She was thinking, This is not the whole story. What are they concealing? Everyone must be starving. Allison and Chi-Chi should be here soon. And the chicken is almost ready. We've got the world's best greens and early tomatoes from the forest. And we carried these raspberries like they were made of gold. Phoebe took two giant handfuls and began dropping them into her mouth like peanuts. Her father approached her and whispered in her ear, Hey, let's shoot a few arrows before dinner, huh? Okay, I'd love to. They made their escape from the dinner preparations and walked around the side of Patty's two paintings and passed a curtain into a darkened section of the greenhouse. Peter flipped a switch and hanging fluorescent lights came alive and shone over long rows of small containers for starting plants. But nothing green was left in the 30-yard stretch of greenhouse. At the end of the aisle, an archery target was stuck to a wall of hay bales. Phoebe stared at the seemingly endless litter of trays piled up in disorder. What's all this for? Oh, what a mess. I've got to wash everything and store it for next year. I just can't get to this job yet. There's so much of it. Yep. It's our new project. Thousands of plants. All from Wendy's seeds. It's a pretty daring move. Acres of planting ready for market soon. Tomorrow I'll show you something that'll give you a closer look. As he was talking, Peter led the way down the aisle past the hay bales. And there at the end of the greenhouse... A few bows and quivers full of target arrows 
hung from hooks near the door. Your old bow is ready to go. I've been shooting it every few weeks to keep it ready. They walked back to a small open space with a few wooden chairs. Go ahead. Take a shot. Phoebe pulled an arrow from the quiver and put it on the bow, knocking the back end onto the string. Her chest heaved with a deep sigh. She stood sideways to the target and slowly drew the bow, three fingers gripping the string. Gently, she released her fingers and the arrow buzzed down the long greenhouse into the third circle from the center. A wide smile appeared on her face. Hey, all right. Not bad for your first shot of the year. Peter moved into position, knocked an arrow and let it fly all in a few seconds. It buzzed effortlessly into the center of the target. May I join this illustrious group? Chi-Chi, you always appear suddenly like this. How do you do it? Behind them stood an unusually tiny man with pointed ears and chin. His short hair was dark gray, and his face was smooth and almost free of wrinkles. His expressions and movements had a kind of old-world formality. He reminded Phoebe of an elf or leprechaun. Chi-Chi inclined his head and shoulders to Phoebe as a mark of respect. So good to see you back among us. He smiled and rubbed his hands together. Yes, yes. We haven't had this pleasure in ages. He took the bow from Peter, knocked an arrow, and shot with no hesitation at all, seemingly without aiming. The arrow hit the center of the target, right next to Peter's arrow. Aha! Someone has to give you a bit of competition. You're both out of my league. Nonsense. We've just been waiting for you to join us. Your place is assured. Phoebe looked at him, unsure of his meaning. Go ahead. Try again. She pulled another arrow from the quiver and set it to the bow, noting with surprise that the arrow was black. The wood was stained a glossy black, and the feathers were a dull black, the color of a crow. A black arrow! I never saw one of these before. Such unusual feathers. Only Chi-Chi makes them. It really shouldn't be here. We keep them in the forest. It's our sign. The sign of our project. Phoebe could not take her eyes off the arrow. Years ago, her father had given her a copy of The Black Arrow by Robert Louis Stevenson as a birthday present. She knew exactly what the symbol meant. It referred to the efforts of oppressed people to claim their heritage and their resistance to the greed of their oppressors. It's... it's from the book 
The Black Arrow. Chi-Chi bowed his head to Phoebe and offered a knowing smile to Peter. Dinner's ready. Come get it before you eat it all. <laughs> you go ahead. Chi-Chi and I will be putting things away. I saw the headlight and I know I'd run. I was blinded by the headlight and I know I'd run. Night, my truck was coming. Wide as Highway 61. I could see it in the distance. 10,000 wheels around the bend. Could see it in the distance, ten thousand wheels round the bend. Locking out the moon and the sunlight, don't know where it's gonna end. All night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by. All night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by. Hear the people cry moving through the houses and the trees avalanches moving through the houses and the trees lord won't you help your children lord help us if you please oh hurricane screaming blowing wild across the
Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.